I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This is Play Me, your digital theater. We transform the hottest contemporary plays into bingeable audio dramas. I'm Laura Mullen. And I'm Chris Tolley. Hi, and welcome to the last installment in our series, The Show Must Go On, created in response to the unprecedented closing of theatres around the world. Since COVID-19 forced everyone into quarantine in March, it's been our privilege to share some of the shows that were cancelled due to the global pandemic. It's been a learning curve for us as we've had to adapt to the evolving situation and record from our respective homes and connect remotely with actors across the country. While it's been challenging to present shows under these unique circumstances, it has shown us that we can continue to present theatre while in isolation. Geography is no longer an obstacle. We look forward to bringing you more shows from across the country in the fall and something brand new this summer. More on that soon. Today we present the last in our The Show Must Go On lineup, the smart and punchy Sir John A. Acts of a Gentrified Ojibwe Rebellion by Drew Hayden Taylor. Bobby Rabbit has some unfinished business with Canada's first Prime Minister. When he learns that his grandfather's medicine bundle lies rotting in a British museum, he enlists his friend to execute an epic heist and secure the ultimate bargaining chip, the bones of Sir John A. This production was scheduled to go up at Native Earth Performing Arts in Toronto in April, when it was cancelled just before the beginning of rehearsal. We recorded it by linking up with actors who were physically distancing in their homes in Toronto and Los Angeles. This is part one of Sir John A. Acts of a Gentrified Ojibwe Rebellion by Drew Hayden Taylor. Indians are strange people. I don't know if you know any. At one time they can be sullen and quiet, at other times angry and vengeful. Rarely with any explanation. Truly a perplexing people. It follows logically, of course, what with their nature and existence being forged from this intemperate and frequently quarrelsome land. I myself have encountered them on many occasions, in my adolescence, my practice as a lawyer, and later as their Prime Minister. In fact, as I recall, my last criminal trial as a lawyer involved defending an Indian, Mohawk, from one of their nearby communities. When was that? Back in uh, 39, I believe. The fellow was charged with a violent murder. Though I am unfamiliar with non-violent murders. 
There had been some altercation one night where my client was accused of stabbing another Mohawk. Indians being Indians, I suppose. Personally, I was quite sure the man was responsible, but as his lawyer, my opinion as to the man's guilt was irrelevant. I argued, quite brilliantly, if I do say so myself, the house where the crime took place had been far too dark for anybody to be sure who was the actual assailant or what had exactly happened. The Crown just assumed it was my client. <laughs> a little legal razzle-dazzle in the right place and I turned a murder charge into a simple manslaughter conviction, resulting in a paltry six months in jail. Oh, sometimes I miss those days. The same razzle-dazzle still happens in Parliament, of course, but it's not quite the same. Politicians and murderers, while often sharing a similar dark soul, exercise their intentions differently. What I like about you, you hold me tight. Tell me I'm the only one, wanna come over tonight, yeah. Keep on whispering in my ear. Tell me all the things that I wanna hear, cause it's true. That's what I like about you. That's what I like about you. You knows how to dance. When well, Hugh goes up, down, jump around, thinking about true romance, yeah. Keep on whispering in my ear. Tell me all the things that I want to hear, because it's true. That's what I like about you. That's what I like about you. That's what I like about you. Hugh. Uh, Hugh. <laughs> you were getting a bit loud. Where were you this time? No place special. Yes, you were. Where? Tell me. Okay. Standing center stage at the National Arts Center, singing my heart out to throngs and throngs of excited and devoted fans. They love me. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Hey, don't forget the encore. People like encores. Look, I just dropped in to grab a bite before my meeting. You got anything munchable? Always. I I'm pretty sure I got some cheese in there, some ham, mousse, and, and an excellent aged bologna. And I have a feeling things are going to work out this time, Hugh. I got a good feeling. Positive thinking. That's good. You have a righteous cause. Damn right I do. It's my grandfather's medicine bundle. It doesn't belong there. No, it does not. We can just grumble and complain, as our Aboriginal heritage has taught us well over these last few centuries. But I prefer to think positive. Jeez, I hate museums. Native people in museums. Now there's a dubious, antagonistic relationship. Ever wonder if scientists could someday GMO a chicken to produce pre-scrambled eggs? Could be a great time saver. Yeah, I guess. Maybe I should be a scientist. I could discover planets, find a cure for something. Maybe, but you're 37 and only have your high school. Most scientists tend to have all sorts of university backgrounds and big fancy letters behind their name. It's kind of required. Well, that's kind of elitist. Okay, no scientist then. Have fun at your meeting. Remember, use a lot of big words. Lawyers and politicians like that. 
It impresses them. Try and work anti-disestablishmentarianism into a sentence. <laughs> Will do. After the meeting, I thought I'd go visit my grandpa. That's nice. He'd like that. Haven't been up there since he died. I've been waiting to have some good news to tell him. <clears throat> so, uh, what are you up to? You're waiting to hear back about that job I applied for. Don't know if house painting is where I can really shine as an individual, you know. Uh, they seem concerned about my Jackson Pollock enthusiasm. But I gotta do something. Scrambled eggs don't grow on trees. Unless the chickens are in the trees, I guess. And fall out. It, that was a joke. Don't look so serious, Bobby. But this is serious. I know, but they're serious and then they're serious. Normally you're a, I'm driving on an unfamiliar road during a snowstorm serious. But now you've got this sort of your new girlfriend has given you a weird rash and now you're at the doctor's waiting to find out what kind of rash type serious. It's the ludicrousness of the situation. I've never even seen that medicine bundle. I mean, that's the real tragedy of it. So that museum isn't listening to you. None of them do. It's the fight, and it's a good fight. I read somewhere the British Museum took some marbles away from a kid named Elgin and wouldn't give them back. Don't worry. You're doing all the right things. All the Aboriginal political organizations wrote you their magic yet oddly impotent letters of support. You just need the chief to sign off, and you will be an unstoppable indigenous political force that will lay waste to the official museum policy. Right. First of all, stop it. You know I hate it when you talk like that. Secondly, I'm a little concerned it'll take more than an unstoppable indigenous political force to do this. I will have none of that attitude in this house, young man. You promised your grandfather you'd try, and you have. And that final push is this afternoon. When again? I'm seeing the chief in an hour. You want to come? Not really. She's your sister. Doesn't mean I have to talk to her. She's mean. She undid the nuts on my bike wheels. I'm almost positive she put black mold in my basement herself. No wonder she went into politics. I'm only obliged to see her at Christmas and Mom's birthday. There is absolutely nothing normal about you, is there? Bobby, if you're the definition of the word normal, I want a new dictionary. I wish I could live in your world. I can build you a cottage! At least my world's real. Doesn't make it any better. Or obviously any more successful. There is a balance in life. Yvonne knew that. I'm sorry, did I accidentally kick you in the nads with that comment? Friends don't make comments like that to other friends. Sure they do. If you get bit by a rattlesnake, who's willing to suck out the poison? A complete stranger or a friend? And I have been detecting a fair amount of poison in the last few months. I hate your metaphors. We're talking about my grandfather's medicine pouch and your sister. Can we stay on topic just this once? No problem. Go to your meeting, Bobby. Got my fingers crossed for you. If this world has any justice left in it, and I realize the irony of a native person saying that, you should be able to convince my sister, our beloved chief, and the band lawyer to support you in getting back your grandfather's medicine pouch from that faraway place. <laughs> How can they refuse you? Thanks. That's what I like about you.
Indians. I have long struggled with what to do with them. Truly, they are like children in many ways, simple and in need of strong direction. Canada has little room for Indians as they exist now. We are an expanding and vibrant people. I do not get the impression they are interested in seeing what we can make of this great nation. Instead, they hold on to their outdated traditions. Though I have tried, I do not understand them. I ask you, isn't it better to have some fine British tea than to feast on a half-cooked frog? No, it's better we show them the way like we would any other lost and helpless ward of our country. I have put into effect policies that will educate them, that will feed them, uh, to a certain extent. One of the responsibilities of being a good parent is showing your children ambition. <laughs> a half-filled stomach can accomplish a lot more than a sated one. Heaven forbid they should get fat and complacent on Canada's dime. I think this is a better way than how the Americans handle their Indian problem. Their answer to everything down there is bullets and sabers. I believe they shoot more Indians than buffalo. But Canada is not like that. We are a kind and gentle nation. I say we are gentle and charitable because we are not Americans. <laughs> now, quite recently I read this startling book by a man named Darwin. It's taking all the universities and scholars by storm. The author hypothesizes about how every living thing under creation is shaped and developed by outside pressures. Those that can adapt best to a changing environment survive and prosper. Those that cannot, do not. Well, we shall try as best we can to assist these people as we fast approach the 20th century. If left to their own interests, God knows what foolishness these Indians would get into. <laughs> There's the man. How'd it go? Do you know the Canadian government is looking for astronauts for that space station thing? I'm thinking of applying. Your sister's a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I know. How'd the meeting go? How do you think it went? They said no. They said it was complicated. Might screw up all the Canada 150 celebrations. We don't want to give the wrong impression about our enthusiasm. They said I was being too aggressive, too provocative on purpose. Of course I'm being too provocative on purpose. That's how you get things done. And, oh, oh, get this. Our own lawyer said, it would be too catastrophic if museums gave back everything they took. What the fuck do we care if it's catastrophic to museums? Wasn't it catastrophic to us when they took my grandfather's medicine bundle? Oh, Bobby, I'm so sorry. I thought for sure she would help. My grandfather used to say every thousand years, even the devil would do a good deed. Thought for sure she was due. Now... About me being the first Indian in space. Yeah, you're too late. I think the Americans had one up there already. The space station still smells of sweetgrass. Ah, damn it. So much for that. And I refuse to believe that Canada is 150 years old. Canada is ageless. She has no beginning and no end. She was here way before we were and will live on long after we're gone. 
I think Canada just gave her a birth certificate to keep tabs on her. Yes! A lot of people in this country don't think this is worth celebrating. It's more than a celebration. It's a serious party. I believe there is a big barbecue planned. Some boat races, my sister's giving a speech, t-shirts. I would have thought your cultural center would have been in the thick of things. Like I would pay attention to all that bullshit. This is not culture. It's the opposite of culture. It's, it's cultural expropriation. Seriously, do you think we should be celebrating colonization? Do you realize how many horrible things this so-called Canada has done to Aboriginal people? It's insulting and highly offensive. Bobby, it's a barbecue and a boat race. I think our ancestors will survive the insult. Big picture, Hugh. Bigger picture. July 1st, 1867. John A. Macdonald and his grand achievement. And what do we Native people have to celebrate? Residential schools, the Indian Act, the scoop-up, reserves, sacred things in museums, diabetes. They did give us air conditioning and KFC. Yes, yes they did, but that doesn't make up for everything. Your average Canadian is celebrating everything Canada has given them while we are still dealing with everything Canada took away. John A. came. John A. saw. John A. created a country. One that already had lots and lots of people already living there, practicing their own forms of government and laws. He didn't create a whole new country. He regifted a country. Wise words spoken, my brother. But like the little pine needle floating on the water, we were at the mercy of the mighty river. Or in other words, what are we going to do? You can't fight the band office. The barbecue will be nice. All you can eat hot dogs. And hey, we can pair up for the two-man canoe marathon. I bet we kick ass. No, uh... I need a vacation. Yeah, a vacation. Bobby, I, I couldn't agree more. A little vacation would do you good. So where are we gonna go? The Caribbean? Mexico? Or someplace exotic, like Florida? Kingston. Cool, Kingston, Jamaica. Hey man, say hello to all the Buffalo soldiers for me. Kingston, Ontario. What an odd choice for a vacation, but whatever bakes your bannock. And you're coming with me. I am? I don't need a vacation. I don't want to go to Kingston. I've been to Kingston. The novelty wore off really quick. No, I need you to come with me for two reasons. These had better be solid good, ironclad, damn good reasons. I'm talking free hot dogs for a whole day. You need this trip as much as I do. Do not. There is a world beyond hot dogs. Hugh, where do you live? Here. Where exactly is here? This reserve. Right. 3,200 square acres of land owned by the federal government, supposedly for our benefit. Your Granny Esther and your Grandpa Albert, where did they go to school? The residential school up in... When did we, the original inhabitants of this country, get the right to vote? 1960. When did all this start? The whole big shitbox about being Native, obligations, rights, responsibilities. Confederation, I guess. The Indian Act followed shortly after that, which begat the reserve system, which begat the residential schools, which begat... Exactly! Exactly! What exactly is that exactly in reference to? You know this stuff, but you don't know this stuff. Perspective. You need perspective. And I can find this perspective in Kingston, huh? And what's the other reason? I've just had the rug pulled out from underneath me by your sister. I need to regroup. I need to develop a new battle plan. 
I need a friend to go with me and help me find direction. And who knows, it might be fun. You like fun and you're my friend and friends don't let friends go alone to Kingston. I hate it when you pretend to be human. God damn it, I'm going to Kingston. Yes, you'll find it's a lot more interesting to live a story than to just tell a story. We'll leave first thing in the morning. Now I'm off to the graveyard to see my grandpa. Kingston. Fuck! We'll be right back. I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. I was seven when we McDonald's came to this country. (laughs) Had no idea where we were going or what to expect. Father said we were going, and so we went. We left everything we knew in Glasgow and spent weeks aboard a ship that I swear to God, the only thing that kept it together and not sinking was our prayers. Seven of us arrived in Quebec City after a steady diet of porridge and molasses that even the rats thought was beneath them. (laughs) People talk of the nostalgia of youth. My nostalgia consists of memories of lice, seasickness, and dampness. It was like becoming Canadian required some form of penance. After another four weeks traveling up river, sometimes by sail, other times pulled by oxen or men like my father, the hamlet of Kingston appeared along the far shore and became our new home. (laughs) Some would call the town uh, quaint. Approximately 4,000 people consisting mostly of army personnel, sailors, drunkards, and prostitutes. (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to Canada. <laughs> Why here, I thought. Why had our father brought us to this semi-civilized land so far away? The Empire had so many other colonies that might be considered a, a wee bit more promising and inviting. Australia. Oh, at that time I had not heard the name, but still, there is no way under God's green earth that it could contain more mosquitoes and deer flies than Kingston that August 1820. The <laughs> same I thought with New Zealand, South Africa. For the first time and not the last time, I wondered if God did indeed have a cruel sense of humor. It's nice to see you happy again. Heard from Yvonne? Yeah, she's busy doing her thing. It's okay to miss her, you know. I'll keep that in mind. (laughs) She'd know how to deal with all this museum and bundle stuff. 
She'd have ideas and then more ideas and then afterwards come up with a few more. <laughs> you two were good together. She was one smart cookie. Although I don't usually associate intelligence with baked goods. Oh, not that you're not smart. I mean, you hooked up my Netflix and all. <laughs> but she was different. Yes, she was. She was. That's why she left, and we'll just have to make do without her. Think you'll survive? Oh, it's not me I'm worried about. <laughs> so, what wonderful, relaxing things do you have for us to do in wonderful downtown Kingston? <laughs> Pop quiz, Hugh. What do you know about Sir John A. MacDonald? Him again. Well, according to my grade six history, he was our, and by our, I mean Canada's first prime minister, he had a fondness for alcohol and appearing on money. You do know he doesn't live in Kingston anymore. I believe he's dead now. Oh, yes. He's very much dead. That's why we're going. Museums all over the world have items stolen from Aboriginal burial grounds. So, as a form of social commentary, we, my friend, are fighting back. Good to know. How? We, my friend, are going to dig Sir John A. up and hold his bones for ransom. Smart, huh? Now, I know you're probably a little surprised, maybe even a little upset. I understand that. And you're probably thinking that this isn't exactly legal, but we're two native men battling against an unjust and racist society. Legal is a debatable term. No, it's not. And let me out of this stupid car, now. You stupid, crazy, insane... Jesus, Hugh! Look, I know you're a little... Little! Little! This is ex exactly why Yvonne left. This is exactly why everybody leaves you. I would say you're an insane idiot, but that would be giving insane idiots a bad name. Dig up Sir John A. McDonald's bones. That's it. You are... Oh god, oh god, I'm hyperventilating. Shit, it's gonna be a long walk back home. Hugh, just listen to me for a second. I didn't have to get in the car. I could have just stood in front of it and said, why not just run me over? That would have been quicker. Hugh, focus. Let me explain. Oh, Bobby, by all means, do explain. If I'm gonna spend an entire day committing what I assume is a major crime and then the rest of my life in jail, I would love to have some sort of explanation to tell my lawyer. Think of us as modern-day archaeologists. Caucasian Jones and the grave of the colonizer. We're going there to make a political point that has ramifications for all First Nations people across this land. They steal our sacred items, we steal theirs. Indian see, Indian do. Uh, that's not exactly a valid defense strategy. Oh, come on! Social protest, political disobedience. It'll be like it was back in the 60s. You were born in 78. And why did I have to come with you? This is serious, you know. I've got nothing against these people. Some of my best friends are white. Besides, you think we hate it when they dig up our ancestors? White people hate that even more. We protest. They throw people in jail. That medicine bundle is probably rotting in some museum basement. It doesn't belong there. It belongs here. I have done everything I could legally to get it back. Now, I may have to color outside the lines for the medicine bundle and all the other things hoarded away in museums all around the world. Sometimes being native requires sacrifices. 
Think of this as our Sundance. The Anishinaabe never had the Sundance, Bobby. The point is still relevant. Well, Hugh. Every fiber in my body is saying go home. Find a rerun of North of 60 somewhere and forget this day ever began. I'm getting too old to get pepper sprayed, Bobby. But... Who am I to stand in the way of your sojourn of justice? I did say your cause was just and your grandfather was a good man. Let's go rock Kingston. Yeah, thanks, Hugh. And you wonder why I keep going to my happy place. Over the years, as I matured, I saw this little backwards town, reminiscent of the whole country, grow gradually to its own form of manhood. Still rough, admittedly, around the edges, Canada has indeed come into its own. <laughs> like all grown children now absent from home, we now pay our own rent, plan our own future, and clean up our own messes. Aye, <laughs> I gave them that. When Britons speak of Canadians, they speak well. And when Canadians speak of Britain, we speak of home. Except for the French, and the Irish, and the Indians, and I mean real Canadians. <laughs> All that really matters to me, regardless of where I may be sleeping or pissing or dying. I was born a British subject, and I will die a British subject. God save the Queen. If we still have time, we might still get by. Every time I think about you, I wanna cry. With bombs and the devil, the kids keep coming. No way to breathe easy, no time to be young. But I tell myself that I'll be doing alright. There's nothing left to do tonight. But go crazy on you. Go crazy on you. Let me go crazy, crazy on you. Oh, but go crazy on you. Let me go crazy on you. Let me go crazy on you. On you. Let me go crazy on you. Hugh. You. No, Hugh. Hugh. My name is Hugh. Oh, your name is Hugh. <laughs> Got it. Funny. Hello, Hugh. My name's Anya. Anya. What a beautiful name. Thanks. You a big Heart fan? Who? Heart. That's who sang the song. Nope. Just like the song. Is that why you sing Hugh instead of you? Hey, if you aren't the main character in your own musical, what's the point? That's a unique perspective. Yes, it is. You're not the main character in your musical? How sad. I don't have a musical. Not much to sing about. That sounds kind of grumpy. Pissed off is a better way of putting it. Hmm. There's a lot of that going around these days. Do tell. I just broke up with my partner. I don't have any money on me. And I am marooned at a roadside McDonald's. That sounds like a country song. 
So, why are you marooned at a McDonald's with no money? Because I dated an asshole. I think it's safe to say that we've all dated assholes at one time or another. Well, my personal asshole lives up near Perry Sound, and that's how I ended up here. You don't usually think of Perry Sound as an assholey kind of town. Ah, I think they breed up there. Oh, this is not how I thought my week would end. Yeah, okay. We were at Chris's family's cottage. That's the asshole. I thought this would be a good chance to really get to know each other, you know? We've only been going out about three months or so, and this was going to be some quality alone time. I had envisioned a deeply romantic weekend looking deep into each other's eyes and plumbing the depths of our souls. Oh, no. Uh, Let me guess. Chris didn't have any depth or soul. I didn't get that far. Basically, as we lay there in front of this gorgeous fireplace, Chris found it rather important to tell me that whatever may happen with us down the road, not to expect any marriage or kids. That wasn't part of the big picture, I was told. (laughs) That was bad enough, but... But, oh, and get this, every five years, we would reassess our relationship and see if it was worth continuing. That's a thing now. Five years? Wow. (laughs) Yeah, can you believe it? I threw my wine glass and hit some piss-poor reproduction of one of those group of seven painters and just stormed out. Problem is... My former squeeze muffin drove us up, and I left my purse with all my money and cards somewhere up in the bedroom. Thus, my current state of abandonment at this McDonald's. And zero interest in going back and getting your purse? Everything, and I mean everything, I left in that cottage is replaceable. I just gotta figure out how to get to Kingston. Ah, you're Kingston bound. That's where I live. I have a feeling it's going to be a long and embarrassing day of car hopping, with a high probability of creeps harassing me along the way. I don't even know if hitchhiking is legal anymore. Do people still use their thumbs, or do I need to make a cardboard sign of some sort? Okay, got everything. Let's get back on the road. Hey, Bobby. Meet Anya. Hi, Anya. Let's get going, Hugh. Anya's going to Kingston. Yeah? Anya. We're going to Kingston. What a coinky then, huh? I think we should give her a ride. Don't you think so, Bobby? What? With the two of you? Uh, Hugh, we have so much to do, and this might complicate things, and I... What complications? Come! She can join us on our great sojourn of justice across this great province. She can be our faithful white guide. Uh, thank you, but I... But what? Yes, I've been sitting here for hours trying to get a ride. The closest I got was the guy offering to buy me an Egg McMuffin, and he put a little too much emphasis on the muffin part, if you know what I mean. Still, and no offense, guys, I haven't the vaguest idea who you two are. You heard the lady, Hugh. We're dangerous and psychotic men. Now let's go before your McNuggets get cold. Bobby, is it in the warrior tradition to leave behind a lost and defenseless woman trapped forever in a McDonald's, like in some Greek legend? I do crazy, insane things for you. You have to do the occasional one for me. Friends, don't let friends not be friends with other potential friends. Fine, then. Meet me at the gas bar. We will meet you at the gas bar. And you, young lady? Yes. 
We are two mysterious men, but all you need to know is that Bobby's bark is worse than his bite, and I'm essentially adorable. Now, you can stay here, trapped for eternity, smelling of french fry grease, or get a ride directly into downtown Kingston. Where should we drop you off? Near Queens. I live just off campus. Oh, I just want to get home and away from all this insanity. Normally, I live a depressingly quiet and sane life. You're almost home free from here. Hugh, no offense, but just to let you know, I have a knife. Just in case you know. Oh, good. I just bought some peanut butter and crackers. I didn't bring any cutlery, so we can use your knife to spread the peanut butter. Hmm. Yo, thanks, but uh... Here. Maybe this will help. Just a second. <clears throat> this might make you feel a little safer. Bear spray. Why do you have a can of bear spray? To spray bears. I, I didn't realize that was such a leap of logic. There are a lot of bears where we come from. Well, can't argue with bear spray. <laughs> and I am rather desperate. Perfect! Isn't it amazing how things work out? Let's go! That was part one of Sir John A. Acts of a Gentrified Ojibwe Rebellion by Drew Hayden Taylor. Parts two and three are available now on Play Me. The play featured Herbie Barnes, Daryl Dennis, Martin Julian, and Katie Ryerson. Sir John A. Acts of a Gentrified Ojibwe Rebellion was commissioned and premiered at Canada's National Art Centre in Ottawa in 2017 under the direction of Jim Milan. This episode's sound design and edit are by Gregory J. Sinclair, with additional sound design by Chris Tolley. We'd love to know what you think about Play Me. You can email us at playme at cbc.ca. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Theatre or Instagram at PlayMePodcast. And if you haven't already, please consider rating and reviewing us. It helps us get our podcast out to more listeners. Special thanks to our CBC producers, Fabiola Melendez-Carletti, Cecil Fernandez, and Tanya Springer. The executive producer of CBC Podcasts is Arif Narani. The senior director of audio innovation is Leslie Merklinger. Play Me's associate producer is Pippa Johnstone. Play Me is funded by the Canada Council for the Arts and the Ontario Arts Council. Play Me is produced by Expect Theatre in partnership with CBC Podcasts. For more information on our plays and artists, please visit playmepodcast.com. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.